Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek, a sixth generation shaman and best-selling author of Spirit Hacking, bridges the gap between science and spirituality and brings us back to our roots. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders, to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. The time has come to end codependency and put the power back into people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. Hey tribe, I'm super excited because the energy that we are bringing as lit leaders of legacy is expanding and building so much power in our beings. And if you want to increase that power and take it to the next level, you got to visit the Shaman School at shamandurek.com because we are sharing information that is not out there and you cannot find it anywhere. And you can only find it at the Shaman School at shamandurek.com to stay lit, lit for life. Love you. Hey tribe, are you ready to level up your energy? To remove the things that have been limiting you from your psychic abilities, your intuition, and your ability to move energies for manifestation? Well, I have the most amazing quantum technology for you. It's called the Spirit Optimizer. An optimizing energetic energy tool that will give you the ability as if you had your own spiritual Alexa in your pocket. Ask it and it does it. Shift and it will. Open, find, and illuminate what you have not been able to see and transform your life in the shortest amount of time. This is an evolutionary tool for the new world and for the new you. So check out shamandurek.com. Go to the store and get into the Spirit Optimizer, the SO, and have an SO experience. All right, Tribe, time to hear from our special guest. Hello, everyone. This is Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. I'm Shaman Durek, and I am so happy to be on this planet with all of you powerful lit leaders around the world. You are leaving a legacy because each and every one of you is out there shifting and lifting and changing the consciousness one day at a time with your hearts, with your love, with your consciousness, and with your devotion to building a new world and building a bridge into that world from the world in which we're in. Because all of you are spreading your light through your intelligence and through your emotional capacity, which gives me great joy to see these frequencies and these energies blasting out right now into the world and creating a complete cosmic change on the planet. So I'm so happy that all of you are here to have another share conversation with powerful leaders in the world. And I am happy to say that we have one of the many powerful leaders in the world. We have in studio right now, Snow Raven Store was born in one of the most remote and cold inhabited places in the world, the Republic of Sakha and Yakutia. Arctic Siberia. She was three years old when she started to learn the language of birds and animals. 
her voice takes its breath from traditional Sakha culture, a true instrument in today by bringing old world culture into new world culture and combining the frequencies of the elders and the spirits of the elders in everything that she does. She is so powerful. She has participated on America's Got Talent, Lightning in the Bottle, Lost Lands, The Elements, Lucidity, Lucidity Festival, and so much more. But what's most important is her intelligence and her power to create beautiful energies on this planet by shifting frequencies through her own vessel. And as a lot of you know, I talk about uh, what we call air shamanism. And air shamanism is people who use their voice, um, their words, or any aspect of sound to generate transformation in the spirit world and in the physical world. And that's exactly what she does. So I'm so excited to have her in studio today to share with us a beautiful conversation on her geniusness. Welcome to the studio, my love. Thank you. Thank you so, so much for having me. Um, what what a, you know, introduction. And uh, thank you so much for bringing awareness um, about unseen worlds and it's all the shamanism about, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So um, I uh, came here to the United States five years ago. And since that time, I'm bringing... Uh, some messages from unseen worlds through music and uh, bringing it through a specific form of music that comes uh, from my ancestors. And uh, for that, I'm very, very grateful for all of these achievements that I did here. It's I'm trying to pass it to my ancestors. Yeah, yes, of course. Yeah. Well, I think it's so beautiful um, how you bring that knowledge and wisdom through the sound, right? Because a lot of times when people think they're listening to sounds, they don't realize that the sound is actually a code that communicates from the spirit world to the physical world that activates energies within our bodies, within the plants, within the animals, with this beautiful connection of what it means to be fully present with all sentient beings. And so I want to go into... How was it? How did it start for you when you were a little girl? Um, so I was born in three uh, in a, in a village with three hundred people only, and uh, I guess there are even smaller towns around the world. But it's um, in a very the uniqueness of that place. It's a very remote, and as you said, it's the most cold inhabited place in the world. The winters can go to minus 96 by Fahrenheit and the summers can go to 100 above. Uh, so we, I, I grew up in a very extreme weather conditions. And um, for me, it was like a water for the fish. And uh, living here um, in the comfort zone, everything is accessible. So we <laughs> restore, we don't have to... Uh, you know, hunt or have our, our own cattles uh, to survive on, or horses or reindeers. Um, I just, you know, water comes from the sink. Uh, we have a bath, bathrooms here. So it's all, all of these things of comfort, 
makes me to um, go back to my childhood a lot, revisit my memories and relieve it. And I would even say re-experience it in my bones and, and um, in my veins. So that just uh, makes me to appreciate what my people go through, constantly dealing with extreme weather conditions. So that has really, um, you know, made my people to be very powerful and, re and resilient for everything that happening in the world. So, and uh, yeah, they went through the natural selection. They went through the, um, um, the mortality of the kids was, was really, really high. And um, I was born in a, in a village with electricity. My grandfather brought that electricity. He uh, built the kindergarten, hospital, school, um, and place where people would gather. And um, my grandmother taught me how to sing traditional songs when I was three years old in order to uh, participate in shamanic solstice ceremonies called Uhuach. And uh, that it's truly a, a beginning of the new year for us because we celebrate surviving of the long and cold winters. Um, and my childhood was very, very happy. It was just, um, um, you know, playing with other kids, uh, playing with imaginative, in, inside of imaginative world. So you create um, from the thick dry wood or leaves or anything from the environment you create your own world and then you even embody some characters and you change your name and then you become like an animal so it's oh, i love it yeah so you just play around with those energies and um remembering that um and being here in my adulthood in a completely different culture and environment is just becomes more and more precious and I'm bringing a lot of messages from there to this world through music. How has it been for you um, to bring these messages to the to the Western world? And, you know, and how do you share those messages to Western culture? Um, so it starts from um, um, something that reminds my you know, something that here in the United States reminds me of my, uh, my homeland. It could be sunlight. It could be specific period of time during the day, those golden hours before the sunset. Uh, when I look at the sunset, it just takes me to the moment uh, where I was looking at the sunset when I was seven years old and sitting on the on the top of the fence with my grandfather built and um, feeling that there was some voice of ancestors calling me and um, calling me and guiding me and saying uh, that someday I will discover bigger world. And it makes sense. So my um, village is on the bottom of old river so it has hills on the northern and the southern part the sun sunrise starts from the east and the sun sets on the west and then in those golden hours that light would bring me into equanimity into that peaceful state where i can hear the um, 
sound of the wings of the little bug flying around me. Mm-hmm. And then the leaves touching each other. And that creates like sort of the high frequency, like, you know, um, I really, really miss that. And in that longing, um, I think um, I connect with a certain powerful moments um, with my childhood. And then all of a sudden I am like at the same, at the same, in, in, in two different places at the same time, mm-hmm, right? yes. I'm all our time travel. And then sometimes this environment where I am at right now can overlap with my uh, homeland. And I can even see when last time when I was in Hawaii, I could see snow, the power of imagination through that. I could see how Hawaii turns into snowy snowy land. So, and I just catch those moments being here and um, I find some similarities. And I just try to um, uh, bring what I've learned uh, living in my homeland and then what I'm learning here. So it's like a truly um, an exchange um, of it's a cultural exchange, but the experiences are the same. It's something that reminds me being there. And um, I just um, feel it like a time traveling, basically. Yeah, as yeah. I said. Yeah, that's beautiful. What is Sakha shamanism? Mm-hmm. Sakha shamanism, uh, we call it Oyunahan. And um, that's uh, one of the ancient forms of shamanism that exists around the world. And in fact, the word Saman, Shaman, Saman yeah. from Tungus language came uh, from our land, our territory. That's right. That's but- right from Tungus or Evenk people who are the reindeer herders, nomadic people. Um, And my shaman teacher, the guide, the 12 sky shaman, Savey, he um, he is from Tungus tribe. And I had such an honor to sit with him in the ceremony um, when I was 20 years old before he passed away. Um, and uh, I, I um, received permission from the spirit, spirits through him to play my shamanic drum because in my culture you are not allowed to play drum. Unless uh, the spirits, yeah, yeah, which, that's right. And the Saha shamanism, it's um, um, the shamanism where you don't have a, we say the future shamans don't have a choice, which means they are chosen ones. I mean, they're they're chosen ones, which means they don't have a choice, uh, which means <laughs> that's so true. Yeah, which means they go through the specific rite of passage, uh, and it's a ethnic process. It's a shamanic disease. We don't have a plant medicine in Saha culture because they don't need it. There's there's something about the area, the the land there, and um, the way how the cosmos, the entire cosmos and the weather impacts to human body. So the future shamans go through the uh, sicknesses and the symptoms, those sicknesses are very similar to here. I'm going to use Western terminology, but we don't label people like that. Um, so it's a schizophrenia, epilepsy, 
uh, losing con consciousness, memory, or seizures. Um, and imagine they deal with that energy. They learn how to transform that the energy passes through the body in order to be helpful for the community. And the community quite often would survive on the visions and experiences, journeys of the shamans. Um, and um, I would say, you know, shamanism as a phenomenon exists around the world. And um, we can see it sometimes in order to get into archaic techniques of ecstasy, which uh, Mirchi Eliade uh, wrote about that the whole book. And that state could be achieved through many ways, many tools such as breath work, meditation, could be plant medicine, uh, and it could be uh, the, the shamanic disease that we call. And uh, it's a burden. Yeah, it's a burden. It's not uh, easy to be a shaman in my culture because you don't not longer belong to yourself. You you become a servant of the community and steward of the land. Yeah, that's so true. And you know, it's funny because when I was a kid, I used to get um, I used to go into seizures mm. and I'd fall on the floor, start shaking, mm -hmm. and I see all these spirits from all these tribes. Wow. They would be like going in, pouring things into my body, um, putting things on my tongue. I would have um, then these visions that would come and all this wisdom and knowledge and information of things that I never knew about just started coming through me. And um, and then that kept happening all through my childhood. And my great grandmother, who is um, comes from the Yoruban culture of our family, she had told the family that when those things happen, it means that, you know, we call it like Baba Lao, but I call it, I was, I met with a Native American and he called me shaman. So that's why I came up with shaman, shaman Durek to make it more viable in this how do you say Western world? Because it's, it's very challenging for people to understand things uh, so much. So they, what they said to me was that my spirits were claiming me. Mm -hmm. And um, all my childhood, I've had visited different spirits visiting me, you know, and my my family's culture comes from the Vikings and also from Africa. Because my mom's side is Norwegian. And my dad's side is um, is West African and Haitian. And so I would get visitors. I would still sit in my room sometimes and I'd start shaking. And then I would see someone sitting on the ground with fur on them, like almost like reindeer fur or something. Mm -hmm. And they would be uh, drawing symbols in the earth. Uh-huh. And and taking leaves and putting it around and touch pointing it and looking at me and, and talking to me, but I couldn't understand what they were saying because they were, they were saying it another language. And then as I got older, I started understanding what they were saying, and and so all of a sudden, more and more, I started developing new powers, new abilities, and and my life has always been led by spirit. Like I felt, I always used to say that it doesn't matter what I want to do anyway, because spirit is going to 
guide me to where I need to be. Because every time I try to do it another way, spirit stops it and puts me back where I'm supposed to be. So that makes so much sense. And I'm so amazing to hear that being shared in your culture as well. Um, absolutely phenomenal. I mean, please tell me more. Yeah, I wanted to add to your experience because that what our elders say or there are a lot of um, stories and even written books of the how to become a shaman and the experiences with the, with the future shaman sees in their uh, ethnic process. It's quite often um, come happens um, as a process of being eaten. Uh, yes. So the body is eaten by the spirits of the lower world, and I. I didn't mention uh, at the beginning. So the, the concept of shamanism, the three worlds, lower, middle, and higher, and also multi multiverse. Um, so the lower worlds, uh, spirits, they come and eat the future shaman's body and only bones are left. And um, it's an elder, one-eyed, one-handed, one-legged, a teacher of the shaman, she comes and takes care of those bones and she covers it uh, with a bare skin, bare leather, until the new body is built by the same spirits which eat in the body. And uh, the main thing is she retrieves, she she takes the mother spirit away, which is Iyakut, and she uh, hides it inside of um, large or birch tree. And then when the spirits build new body, she brings it, inserts it back, inserts the spirit back, Iyukut back. Um, and then all of a sudden, the shaman who was in agony, in this devastating pain uh, in this physical world becomes healthy, becomes, you know, like nothing happened to that person. And uh, from that time, uh, usually they have, an elder shaman who is more powerful than the f future young shaman. Um, it, it, they go through the process of finding the tree for shaman frame, uh, shaman drum frame. Also, they find all the material and pieces for the regalia, for the clothes. And it's it's the process. It might take even, you know, years to uh, until you uh, fully can serve community with with the experiences all the download that you are um your body is going through the receiving it and then delivering it to the to the community yeah so that's very interesting there are a lot of similarities between different forms of shamanism around the world i love that and what i love you know we we have in um in our in knowledge in african shamanism we have Earth shamans are the ones who you who do stuff with the medicines. Uh -huh. uh, fire shamans will do stuff with fire or sweating or burning things out of the body through the sun and so forth. Water shamans will do things with water, such as submerge you in water or pour water over you. Uh, air shamans will use their their uh, voice of the animals or the sounds of animals will come through their mouth or they may speak in tongues or chant over you or bring different vibrations and they play instruments. They'll use sound and, and, and yeah. music. Um, so we say that. And then 
spirit shamanisms are the ones who speak to spirits from all the levels of uh, the underworld and the above world and the middle planes. And I was chosen as a kid as a spirit shaman. So I always was dealing with these underworld spirits when I was a kid. And it was like, literally, you know, I, I literally felt like I was being tormented my whole entire childhood, all the way up to being a teenager. And I had to confront each of these underworld spirits and they got stronger and stronger and, and faced me off with more intense things to the point where duality separated and became nothingness. And all I saw was oneness within all of it. Mm. Yes. Yes, that's that's wonderful. And very interesting what you're saying that in your culture, shamans um, recognized as a water, fire, the elements, right? Yes. Um, in my culture, it, it has also this kind of recognition by the levels uh we do have 12 skies on um on higher world you had i do and each sky has each deity and the shaman the, the strength of the shaman depends on how far they can go to so for example the um from one to two to three the shamans can do algus uh, or certain ceremonies like a purification of land or house. Uh, there are also like shamans who can do wedding, who can do funeral, birth rituals, the adulthood. Um, there are, if you go uh, to the upper levels, there are shamans who can heal specific sickness. So our shamans actually uh, divided by mm -hmm. the type of the sickness they, they cure. Um, some someone can cure cancer, alcoholism, or mental health issues, or non-diagnosable, you know, uh, physical pain. Um, and um, there are shamans who can adjust the bones or up, do the non-surgical operations. And the herbalists, they are great hypnotizers too. Um, and uh, there are shamans who work with weather, and they they can call the rain when there's a dry season. And um, so they basically work with the elements and the highest um, highest strength in shamanism, 12th guy. And they can connect to extraterrestrials. They can do everything that the 11 levels do, 11 level to do and then um, on top of that they can communicate with other civilizations other forms that not from this um you know earth yeah yeah so that's very very interesting there are this you know specific type of the realm they serve and in your culture it's uh it's a uh, depends on elements and then i can totally see the spirit shamans who work with spirits it's almost sounds like uh, the 12th sky shaman because they can go to lower world to the higher yes. world yes they'll stay in the middle world and the, the true shaman in my culture is the person who can sh easily be um in all of these realms and being able to shift without harming themselves when they come back to the middle world, to the physical body, they come with this information that the community survive. So 
Yeah. I'm Amazing. There. Wow. Yeah. Because so I have the ability to to do things with weather, and I all since I was a kid, I always spoke to extraterrestrials. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the ability to heal mental illnesses. Some um, think most things with the emotions in the mind. Um, my strength isn't strong yet with the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's interesting. And I'm developing that part of myself and trying and, and going into the different realms. Mm-hmm. Um, I can access different dimensions and speak to the beings in that dimension and gain knowledge of their dimension and how um, looking at our dimension and their dimension. And they also can, they assist me in understanding more things about um our vastness our expansion you know our ability to expand and um i don't work with medicines um but i do work with frequencies that i can bring from a tree or a flower or from an animal into someone's body where either they'll throw up or shake or have visions and whatnot uh, which is interesting um when i was a kid i used to touch people and I could feel the illnesses in their body. I still can. Um, and I also can talk to any form of spirit. Like it could be a tree spirit. It could be a rock spirit, a mountain spirit, a river spirit. So like sometimes, one time I went to a river and I asked the river spirit and it said, I don't want to be disturbed today. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, you don't want to be disturbed? And it's like, no. So I told my friends, we can't go in the river. And they're like, but we came all the way over here to go in the river. I said, the river doesn't want to be disturbed. So I'm going to leave an offering for the river and we're going to leave, you know, and respect the river and what it asks. So I can hear those voices. I can hear the wind tell me about things. Like sometimes I'll go to a a country. I know nothing about the people or the culture and the wind will tell me everything I need to know. So that's amazing. And, you know, it's so funny because when I first connected with you, um, the first time I connected with you, it was through your sound. I was at the, I think it was called the Dome or someplace called the Dome. With the Malay, yeah. Yes, yeah. So a friend invited me to go and you were on stage. And when I walked, I wasn't going to go, but my ancestors came to me on my Viking side and Mm -hmm. told me to go. So I was like, okay. So I went. And when I got there, you were on stage and making the sounds. And I told all my friends, I said, she's a medicine woman. And they go, how do you know? I said, because she has powerful elders standing next to her and there's a wolf and there's, that was, I, I was calling out all the things I saw. So I was like, there's a wolf, there's an owl, they're, they're sitting on her shoulder over here. This one's the wolf's over here, you know? And I was like talking to my friends about you while they were listening to the sounds. And I was like, I know this woman, I know her. And so it's such a pleasure to have you have you to talk with you today to share with with the global community, you know, um, here on ancient wisdom. It's just it gives me so much joy. Thank you so much. Yeah, I've been um, sitting a lot with my the realm that I serve, and it was um, I think I started to walk in that path since I was three years old. Since since my grandmother taught me uh, how to sing Toyuk and Ahohai, uh, which are the singings that we usually do during the summer solstice shamanic ceremony, and with the you know, we sing in the circle and lead the circle 
um, kids and elders, they can do both. Then, and then as a circle, as a collective consciousness, we uh, fly to the higher realms, to the head or you do. And it truly feels that way. So I, um, yeah, I've been sitting with the sounds and, and letting to, the sounds go through my body to be a truly uh, an empty vessel or an instrument um, for the voice my, of my ancestors. And when you said I could see her ancestors and the totem animals, I just had a goosebumps because recently I discovered that they, I have two grandfather energy elders, two shamans, Saha shaman and uh, Tungus shaman, constantly um, supporting me and guarding and uh, even sometimes negotiating on behalf of me. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it's, um, I, I, I just felt it so real even being in this uh, middle world, in the physical body, I felt their presence. And it's just, um, I'm, I'm just saying that I'm lucky to have them. And I truly believe that everyone has their ancestors actually following yeah. uh, them. But sometimes we don't know how to communicate with them and then how to have an access to certain part of DNA, certain part of our bodies that might um, awaken a skill to connect to our ancestors. And um, some people can connect to really, really ancient ancestors. Some, some people can connect to uh, like a three, four generations. And then um, if you look at the um, ancestral tree or the whole lineage, it's just fascinating how, you know, everyone uh, survived to become who we are, to become yeah. unique today. Yeah. Yeah. It's air and 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 just um, seeing this world, all of my five sensations that I'm aware of today, they're active because they survived so many winters. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then that is truly a power for me and almost like a, uh, I can visualize the whole path that they went through. And then coming here to the United States five years ago for me was a big deal. Uh, I did a long journey and perhaps my ancient ancestors, they crossed through the Bering Strait, but I, I flew here by plane. Right. There are nomads. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I did the easiest. Yeah. <laughs> but that's amazing. And, you know, the way that you have you have. Did you ever have? Any connection to the wolf or the owl? Oh yeah. So, saying speaking about the totem animals, um, shamans they usually call a certain animal um, spirit animal because they they don't borrow, but they awaken the skill, specific skill of that animal or bird uh, for them to like to to. to to ask, asking them to help to go through the realms. For yeah. example, if you yeah, that's right. Yeah, if you ask the, an owl to come, let's say you turn into owl. So you yeah. um you embody the animal or a bird. And then all of a sudden you find yourself 
um, acting like an owl. And then the superpower of the owl, it's a night vision. It's uh, rotating the head 360 and also being uh, flying really quiet. Uh, so if shaman needs that one of those skills or three of them, um, they just call an owl's an owl spirit. Mine is um, first of all, it's a raven. I had a, such a. I have a raven too. Oh yeah, no doubt. So yeah, so when I was a kid, I used to make the sound. So okay, let me tell you the story. So when I was a kid. I used to go, we had this area in nature where a lot of birds, such as ravens and so forth, um, would die. And they had their bones. Oh. So I used to go and, 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 and bury them and give uh, offerings to this place and sing for them. I used to always sing for them as a little boy. Mm. So one day I saw like four ravens in the tree in front of my house. Mm -hmm. And so every morning I would see them there and I'd go out and I would make the noises and I would go and the ravens would come all around and circle around the tree and not just one or four, but like 20. And one day my sister friend was spending a night and she looked out the window and she goes, your brother's crazy. He's making bird sounds outside and all the birds are circling around him. And so when I met this one Lakota um, elder, shaman, he said to me that I have the imprint of the raven, which allows me to travel. And you can tell me more uh, about it. And then the other one that I had was when I was in the jungle, I had, when I was living in the jungle, I had to go wash my clothes on the washing uh, rack thing where you hand wash it, you know, and hang it. Um, and there was a Jaguar that was very close to me where I thought I was going to get pounced, but it just stood there and stared at me. Mm -hmm. And I stayed completely still and it stared at me and we had locked eyes for a long time. And then it just jumped, it, then it just went away. It like ran off into the jungle, and um, and I, I and then one day I was sitting at home and the spirits came to me and said, "Turn into a raven," and I started like shaking and convulsing and I could feel my eyes different and my body different and my movements and I and when I turned into a jaguar I felt myself turn into a jaguar my hearing became different and the way in which I perceived the world. So, uh, yeah, that's really amazing that exactly. yours is raven too. Yeah, so the ravens, um, they, uh, they've been, con I've been connected to ravens since I was six years old. So I would um, cut the raw meat mm -hmm. before I uh, put it in a pot and cook. I give the best piece to the raven, put it outside pretty close from my window so I can see them closer. And then they would come and eat. And in a second, um, ravens would always circle around and be a lot of, and, and do a lot of sounds uh, when I come back to my home. So they, they're almost like welcoming me. And um, wherever I go, doesn't matter which 
uh, country or city in the world, there are always ravens. And I just realized, wow, how powerful is this bird? Because they can survive in minus 96. They don't migrate. They stay in my homeland, uh, like my people. And they don't have this fat or anything, fur. Just They have just a feather. And it's amazing how they survive and they nest in the frozen forest. And they could be at the same time somewhere in Africa or somewhere in a desert area. Very I see them everywhere. Exactly, right? And the, the, the spiritual meaning of raven is mental um, death and rebirth. And they are very intelligent and they're very mystical. And also they're assistant of the shamans. They quite often uh, work together with shamans and like looking or seeing through the raven eye. You know, it's very, very popular. Yeah. Yep. So that's a raven. I really love that um, spirit in me. And um, I couldn't accept my swore name that was given by shaman woman back in my homeland seven years ago and I couldn't accept it for for quite a long time and as you know what you um resist persist yes the energy of raven was coming to me and like testing and constantly you know like saying um you should accept it and then once I accepted it my just wings uh were Red so wide and there were my wings were dry and I was ready to fly. And what is the interesting about ravens is they're only one in the corvid family that can soar. And soaring, it's a catching the airstream, the hot airstream, right? And they just spread their wings and stay there and play with the air. So um, soaring as O-A-R, it's very similar uh, to SOAR, which is S-U-O-R, which means in my Saha language, raven. So I have a slogan uh, saying, SOAR like a SOAR. <laughs> <laughs> that is so powerful, my love. Like that is so powerful because that has been with me since I was a kid. And sometimes when I go to sleep at night, because I sleep, I do a lot of things in the underworld. And then I do a lot of things in the higher realms. And the raven is there with me in the underworld. My second totem animal that I'm experiencing, I haven't accepted it yet, but I'm noticing that it is coming to me quite often in the most impossible ways. Hawk. Um, and also... The third one is, ready, moth. And wow. The fact, the fact is, I I am afraid of moth. It is very interesting. My mother and I, I am afraid of moth. We're afraid of moth for some reason. And it's not, it doesn't bite you. It doesn't harm you at all. But I'm so scared. There's something that goes through my bones, through my like a spine and my back. Like I'm like feeling, yeah, I get that with spiders. Oh, yeah. I'm very friendly with spiders and snakes. Snakes I love, but spiders. I was bit as a kid, and I got oh. really sick from the spider. Mm -hmm. And the spider follows me everywhere in the spirit world. I'm like, oh, my God, why are you following me? Maybe you should accept, because I'm thinking to work on my, you know, like, chasing the fear, which is like accepting my moth animal spirit. <laughs> ah! 
That's so funny. That's so, I love that. You know, it's so great to talk to someone who understands the animal spirits and the connection and, and how we have to slowly progress ourselves to accepting them. You know, it was hard for me to accept the Jaguar. It was easy from, you know, I used to be afraid of horses when I was a little, little boy. And then the horse spoke to me Mm. and told me that don't dare get on my back if you don't have the courage. And for like a huge portion of my life, of my childhood, I was like always trying to get the courage and the strength. And every time I saw the horse, I would say, am I, am I honorable to be on your back? And it said, no. And so finally it said, yes. And that's when I started building my relationship with the horses. But it's interesting how the animals will tell you, no, it's not, you're not ready. You're not accepting me right now. So keep, keep, keep working at it (laughs) or loving on it, you know? So tell me, um, what kind of um, archaic techniques of expanding consciousness do you use? Oh, yes. Um, my, the realm I serve, it's a, in your culture, it's an air. So it's a sound. Um, I truly believe that the archaic techniques of ecstasy, uh, in, in order to get there, there are many, many ways, but the, the one I'm very, very sensitive to and which takes me quickly to the altered state is um the mouth harp hummus oh wow uh we call it hummus but you know it exists around the world even in a a certain um yeah in different tribes yeah yeah in japan in south korea in latin america in in new zealand um, in U- some of the European countries, there are over 100 different, different types of this instrument. And this is uh, one of the hypotheses that, um, that the homus, the mouth harp, came from uh, the bow of the hunters. So when the first uh, person, first time, when the person first time realized that the bow does this sound, um, so they could put the one string in a uh, could be made from wood, from bamboo, from even bones, but we make it from the metal. So it's a one string trapped in here, and it's truly. It's truly an interesting. Wow! I just got chills through my whole body. Is that? Is that? easy to learn is that something that people can learn or do you have to be chosen to play that instrument no it's easy to learn i actually uh teach uh people i have certain um you know people students who um do one-on-one classes or group classes when i travel with my concerts i do in-person workshops and uh so mouth harp how to open your unique voice using saha singing techniques um, and also mimicking birds and animal sounds, Arctic beatbox, and uh, northern dances. So all of these uh, courses that I, I've invented are based on traditional techniques, and all of them make me to fall into trance. So you saw me, I just showed you really um, the short version of that, mm-hmm. but I can play for hours, and the more you are 
you know, dedicating yourself into that. Um, like you slow down, you bend the sound waves and you can travel with that uh, through many, many realms. So this one is really good for meditation. This one is good for mimicking birds and animal sounds without using the, your voice. For example... So, oh my goodness. I could listen to that for hours. That took me into so many deep places just now. Yeah, that's, you know, the mouth harp, such a small instrument. You can wear it as a necklace. You can travel with that anywhere. And it's How do I get one of those? And I want to take your courses. I want to, I want to hit, I want to go to every one of your workshops. <laughs> so the, um, Mouth harp that uh, the blacksmith um, created um, from one village. I love working with him and all of my students. Um, I wish I can get for all of my students, but they um, order it through me. Um, so this this is the best sounding mouth harp that I've, I've ever seen. And I, I believe me, I've done, uh, I went through many masters and um, of the mouth harp. And um, I would say, I would say there are many types of mouth harps and there are websites you can get on the internet uh, from different ethnicities. No, I would, we'd get it from you only. That would make the best sense. Yeah, this one sounds the best. And actually we have an international museum of mouth harp in my homeland. And there are over hundred different types of this instrument. And it was officially well known that, you know, these mouth harps, they sound the best. It's really clean and it has huge range. Um, and it's uh, also, uh, you can do down tempo, very slow or very... I love it. Yeah. So the mouth harp is one of the uh, archaic techniques that exist around the world. And of course, for me, the basic is the, the dancing. And in my homeland, we have two different types of the dancing is one is um mimicking the mating time of the animals so it, it has mm -hmm. a lot of northern dances are very very animal based and very spirally in all of your entire body moves and then uh there is a saha dance called ohorunkute where people as a collective come together and they do it in the synchronicity so it's a very synchronistic way of creating almost like a sacred uh, uh, geometry right and, um, so this dances there's something about dancing um, very magical about it I found later it's it creates space in your like a between your bones or something you invite the air and then once you have space in your body and you're so flexible and, and then you can embody um, different rhythms of the realms then you can sound you invite the frequency you invite your ancestors or your totem animals to sing through you and uh, the gift that we all have the voice it's one of the powerful archaic techniques of um, extending the consciousness in my opinion so it's all linked together and the uh, 
birds and animal sounds, of course, as I told you before, it's a calling your totem animals and it helps you to fall into trance and for you to travel between the realms. Um, so my favorites are like um, the cuckoo bird or Elie, the brown kite or um, the seagull or the loon. or the boreal owl. And then one of my favorite is reindeer, and I call it Arctic beatbox. So the reindeers, when they run long distance, the thousands of miles, they breathe in a certain way, and it becomes like this. So I can do uh Oh my goodness. Oh my god, you need to be on you need to be in a huge, huge amplet theater and bring all those sounds to the people. Thank you. That is what I really, I'm very curious about now. It's um, how the sounds that we make reverberate naturally in the nature from mountain to mountain, from tree to tree, from rocks to rocks, or we created temples and churches or the concerts, concert halls in a way that it might reverberate and create whole another experience. And then what we have today, it's a microphone and speakers. So we can, and also all the kind of effects like delay, reverb. So it's all um, very interesting how we uh, subconsciously want to... Um, create like we want to hear the magic of voice like almost the uh, additional like overtones or the 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 trajectory of the sound that actually naturally is happening everywhere but we sometimes don't notice it when it bounces against of the walls against of the mountains um it's truly magic uh, it's so amazing. I mean, you're such a wonderful, wonderful being. How can I? So, how much does that thing cost? The uh, the mouth harp. Mm -hmm. The mouth harp is uh, usually takes a little long time to to make it custom because I we tune with it. Yeah. Uh, and it's usually four hundred um, dollars to get, but it's a, a little bit long wait, and then I usually take the prepayment from my students. That's phenomenal. You'll be getting a prepayment from me. And 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 how do people sign up for your courses? Um, we are right now working on editing my uh, pre-recorded videos on uh, four courses uh, for the beginners. And very soon we're going to put out there in a digital world. Um, so everything um, is going to be announced on my Instagram account, Snow Raven Official. 
um, and uh, the prompt version of my classes are going to come uh, are going to appear on my TikTok uh, under subscription for the series. And um, my biggest dream is to create an, ed an educational and creative app uh, and bring indigenous people to share their um, their knowledge and wisdom, their singing uh, techniques and playing instrument and, and uh, with their permission, um, share it with, with the world so it could be helpful for people. And uh, so we're going to create a safe platform to support their communities and bring reciprocity and bring more indigenous teachers uh, and be creative. So that's my uh, bigger vision. So the full courses are going to appear in that app perhaps half of a year, one year from now. But everything uh, that I'm working on right now, it's going to appear soon on Instagram and, or, you know, um, during my tours, I do in-person workshops so you can catch up there or simply uh, by emailing to oloxbooking at gmail.com. Uh, you can also request for one-on-one -on -one sessions. So that's wow. I work today besides my uh, performances. Oh, my goodness. We're so blessed to have you on this planet. So blessed. And I'm so honored to have you here on Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. And I just want everyone who's listened to this all over the world uh, to really get involved in everything that she is doing because she is bringing some very powerful old ancestral energies and waking them in you and bringing you into a deeper level of connection with the earth and with the ancestors and with this divine intelligence being transmitted into your being with the codes and energy that allows you to radiate your energy in a very grounded but very different way than how we have been radiating our energy. And that is literally connecting all of these dimensions together in this one frequency that communicates to all beings simultaneously. And it's such a pleasure, such a pleasure to have you here with us. Love you so much. Thank you, my dear. Thank you so much for having me and um bringing your ancestors, your story. So I got to know you closer. And uh, I'm so glad to share um, the wisdom and knowledge of my, um, my people. So it's, it's been a privilege and such a, such a beautiful path. So thank you. Yay! Thank you so much for tuning in to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. Tribe, I love you all so much. And if you want to stay connected, be sure to check me out on IG at Shaman Durek. And if you have any questions whatsoever, please visit shamandurek.com or contact info at shamandurek.com to learn more. And remember, tribe, no matter what, stay lit.